What's up, everybody? Tyler here from the Antihero Podcast, and I'm selling out for an ad. However, none of this would be possible on the audio platforms without Spotify for Podcasters. Spotify for Podcasters allows me to record, edit, and distribute to all audio platforms for the Antihero Podcast. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, all you need is a mic and a computer. Hell, I don't even think you need that. I think you literally just need your phone. Spotify for Podcasters is for you, so give them a try. Well, one thing that he won't do, he won't tattoo my dick. I'll say that. Tattoo on your dick? Yeah, so I thought about doing that because I'm running out of room, man. So like, I had to, I have to get, so I can't do my hands and I can't do my neck yet. So I got to do one. And, uh, and he, I, I, mentioned it, I, I mentioned it to him. Anna Hero. Was that loud? <laughs> Nick Stowe, how are you? Good, how you doing, man? Good. All right, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, the uh, the whole point of this was to kind of start a segment where um, I try and, and figure out if cop work is a good backdrop for people that had uh, different jobs beforehand. Right. Or if it's... Um, if it's the job that actually draws significant people to it. You know what I'm saying? So like, cause being a cop, you meet a lot of different, your coworkers come from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities. But the cooler part is that the people that did things before cop work. Right. So that's what I kind of wanted to figure out. I mean, it could just be that, you know, when the dream job failed, cop work is just the best back, you know, best way to go. But it's a good backup option. Yeah. So, <laughs> But there's so many jobs out there to choose from, you know, but you, you, you could be a firefighter. But I don't like I said, that might mean that the job draws people like that. in. Yeah. so the segment will be called Before They Were Cops. And uh, but before we dive into that, are you enjoying the Florida cold weather? Yeah, it's a lot different than up north, man. Like even, we, even like 50 degrees down here. I mean, it's I'm going to cut off today. Yeah. So. It's, so what's today? December 18th? Something like that yeah, when yeah. this filming this. There's a cold front coming. Supposedly. And so it's cool. already, supposedly already here. Yeah, Nick shows up in a cutoff shirt and <laughs> there is it's like seventy five degrees outside. So like I remember I was just at Publix and um loading up the car with groceries before you came and I was sweating. <laughs> but that's I wanna vent this out too. I was at Publix and you know how like when or a Target or anything like that in a grocery store, you got to cross the walk lane and you got to let everybody walk from the yeah, entrance yeah, yeah. to the car. So I'm sitting there <coughs> and I can see a spot right up front because it's packed. It's like Christmas time. So I can see a spot right up front. And then I'm looking at it. And then all of a sudden this car is coming. I'm like, I got to get in that spot. Well, this lady who is severely overweight and wearing... <laughs> pajama pants at Publix kind of I guess she bought in the fact that she's fat as fuck and she starts walking slow and looking at me like this like buying into the character that she created <laughs> in her head and because she took so fucking long you missed that spot I missed the spot yeah. and I <laughs> wanted to throw something at her I was so fucking mad so throw a weight bar yeah <laughs> but uh, no nah, man the, the weather down here is definitely different like uh like being from up north, like now in December, it's it's got to be like 30s, you know, 20s up there. I mean, it, I think they just got hit with a snowstorm the other day. Like, it's supposed to. Um, 
It's supposed to get down, what, next week to the 20s in Florida? See, that's more like home. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> insane, dude. Did you see, uh, I don't know if you follow, uh, I won't name no names, but there's a county close to us where a deputy just got arrested last night for DUI. No. Yeah, it just happened last night. No, so I didn't even see that. It's, um, it's an agency. And they put it out there, and this was their Facebook post. They put, you deserve to know. As like, you know, so they put what happened, they list her age, and then they put her name out there yeah. uh, that she was arrested by Florida Highway Patrol, right? And to me, that is the shittiest fucking thing you can do because she's 23 years old, mm-hmm. right? I, I get it that it's, you're, hold, you're held to a higher standard, but she's probably grew up in that county. Yeah. She gets arrested. She's might be out might not be out and they're already and blasting she's just her plastered name. everywhere that's probably everywhere. humiliating well we i mean there was one you know we we saw that uh again another county same thing dude got arrested dui and like he's been on the job for like three years and i'm pretty sure he's like a local guy too same thing yeah plastered everywhere body cam out you know like it's the first thing they like it's not like people are asking and then they're going okay this is who it is like they yeah. they they just it's to me, it's severe hypocrisy because I know the admin of some agencies are awful people and they've made, they've done some awful things. And if, <laughs> and if they're rightfully fired, which they should be, they're not plastered out there. You yeah. know, I know that same agency that I was talking about with that 23 year old, the chief deputy or deputy chief or whatever, right underneath the sheriff. This, this is the same, same one. Same agency. Oh, see, I didn't even hear about that either. Yeah, but that was, that was completely, uh, no one knows about that, you know. <laughs> I deserve to know. Yeah, that's one. That's one that I want the name out there. And I want. I want to see that one. I haven't seen anything about that. Granted, I don't keep up with like the news, and like I, I'm not like big on watching the news or like checking the news on like my phone or anything like that. Um, you know, if it, if I'm not personally involved in it, I could care less, kind of. Yeah. But you know, something like that, like I, you hear about all this stuff randomly just through the grapevine. And I didn't even hear about that until right now, so. Yeah, that's Facebook. crazy. Yeah, that's see, I'm not Facebook either. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, we'll dive into your <clears throat> your background. Um, yeah, obviously, if you guys didn't know, which you probably don't, because I didn't say <laughs> anything yet. I haven't promoted this at all yet. But uh, you were a semi professional hockey player. Yeah. So yeah. you'll have to break down like the leagues for especially me. Yeah, but yeah, like, for anybody watching or listening. Um, and was that your first, like, was that before or after the Marines? After. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and start off, kick it off with the Marine Corps. Like, yeah. So, so, I mean, obviously I grew up up North, I grew up, uh, in Connecticut and, you know, during, during like, my high school and stuff like that, I was playing hockey up there. Um, I started looking at colleges to play at. And I remember like my, my parents were split. So my mom was taking me to look at colleges and stuff. And, uh, we were talking with like these coaches. We we're seeing arenas, seeing like the the setups for the hockey programs up there. Uh, we were going up to like Maine, you know, places up there. <clears throat> and I don't know, it just kind of stuck with me, like in the back of my head, like the military aspect. So I hit up my mom and was like, "Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? You know, because I have this opportunity to go play hockey in college, or I can go military. And uh, I don't know, man. There's just something that was like appealing about it to me." So she told me, she was like, hey, no matter what you do, she's, she's always been super supportive. Yeah. And so she was like, no matter what you do, um, you know, I'm going to back you on it. She's like, just do me a favor, take a night or two, think about it. And if you still feel that way, 
I'll drive you to the recruiting office, whatever. No problem. So I do, I, you know, I, I sleep on it. And then the next morning I wake up and I'm like, Hey, yeah, no, definitely something I want to do. I don't know why. I have no idea why. That's how I was when, yeah, when it's, I it's just stuck one with me, man. Day, like, one day I I just was like <coughs> I well I tried to join the Marines. Yeah. But one day I was like, I'm gonna join. My parents were on a cruise. I decided I did a ride along with a Marine who was a cop when I was in high like just out of high school. See, I didn't even my, know you can do that. Was... My local my local city, this guy was a cop, but he was a former he's a Marine. Yeah. And so I rode with him and like within four hours of riding with him, I was like, I wanna be a Marine. <laughs> so I go to join and I can't get in because of a tattoo on my neck. It shows yeah. through the PTs. And uh, the Marine Corps recruiter was like, dude, I'm sorry. There is nothing I can do for you right now at this point in time. And then, you know, I was in See, the same it, It's weird because, like, when I got out, there was, like, a, a few months where I was, like, debating on going back in. Mm. When I tried to go back in, I couldn't go back in because of my tattoos. Really? Even though, that yeah, got I, I got while I was in, yeah. Yeah, then yeah. – uh, and then so the Marine Corps turned me down, and then the Army was like, not only will we accept you, but we have this thing called the fast ship bonus or whatever. It was during Bush's surge to Iraq. Yeah. Quick ship bonus, bro. They paid They paid out good, too. How much was that? It was $29,000 sign-on bonus. Oh, see, all right. So, yeah. like, I was going to say, as, like, a kid, like, some of them are like, oh, yeah, here's two grand. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, two grand. Like, all right, I'm rich. Yeah. It was broken like, up no. within, like, three years, but it was $29,000. No shit. That's awesome. But um, all right. So you're. Oh, so yeah. So joining. so yeah. I hit her up and I was like, "Hey, I, I want to do this." So she takes me, and then you know, a, a few months in, I'm I'm shipped off, and you know, I do the whole boot camp thing. And during that, I, I kind of lugged out. I got my head low during it, and I had some real like shit bags in my platoon. So go to work, they go they to stood out a lot more. Yeah. So so for me, I. <laughs> I was flying under the radar. Your Honor, my client has <laughs> has determined that he wants to be in the U.S. military rather than go to jail. <laughs> so, and so for me, I, it was awesome because I just slid right under the radar. You know, graduation day comes and like they really didn't have like much to say about me because they didn't. I don't even think they knew who the fuck I was. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then you know when I get to my unit, I was amphibious assault vehicles, which like what was your MOS? That, that's what it was. Amphibious assault vehicles, so AAVs. Um, oh, that sounds. That yeah. sounds cool. It sounded cool, right? But like no <laughs> civilian like aspect to it whatsoever. Oh, so like, it's like yeah. an infantry or something. Yeah, so like when, when you come out, it doesn't apply to anything <laughs> in the real world. So yeah, you have like this awesome time for like four years. And then like, you know, at, once you're out, you're like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Hey, I don't think so. <laughs> Ford sells amphibious assault. Yeah, no, no one's selling those on the road. So um, we're not doing any beach landings, you know, in the middle of, in the middle of uh, Connecticut or Orlando now. So... Um, but no, it was just something that kind of stuck with me and, and she was about it. She was like, yeah, I'll, I'll back you on it. Um, and then, you know, when I got out, that's when I started focusing on hockey again. So what, so what did you do when you were in? Did you get to travel anywhere? I know Marines yeah, so, kind of get to travel a little <coughs> bit because they get to get on the Muse and stuff. Yeah. So ours was weird, man. Um, cause we were like a, an amphibious unit. We didn't do like much of anything. Like they were like, Hey, we'll hit up, um, like these countries, we ended up going to like Colombia. We did like humanitarian stuff out in Haiti, so that was kind of cool going yeah. out there. Um, we did like a lot of like security posts. So a lot of our stuff, like I never deployed with amphibious assault vehicles. So if like my two deployments, yeah, no, yeah. didn't deploy with them at all. So my job was just pointless. I was airborne. Um, I never really actually jumped out of a plane. Yeah, for yeah war. like yeah. So <laughs> you get, you get this title, <laughs> and then like you don't do anything related to your job. So. uh no, we actually got attached to helicopters our second time, and they would, like, fly us into places. So, like, we went to Suriname, uh, Guyana, Guatemala, 
We trained with like uh, Kaibia, which is like their special forces in Guatemala. Yeah. So we got to do that. So like some cool stuff, man. Uh, trained with like Colombian Marines, Costa Rican National Police. Um, we're in Honduras, just in the yeah. middle of a jungle for like three is weeks. Is that all on one? For the most part, yeah. Like both deployments were essentially the same thing where like we would hit up these different areas. But uh, yeah, bo- both deployments were essentially just a couple countries for a few weeks and come back. That was it, man. It was nice. it was weird, yeah. We didn't because there was like no need for like an amphibious unit in like Afghanistan or Iraq. They had us going doing these ones instead. So, so that was kind of a bummer because like when you, I mean, from I would say the majority of people enlist and they like want to go to those places. Like they want to go to Afghanistan. They want to go to Iraq. Yeah. They want that action. Yeah, I, dude. Then, I think the Marine Corps one of its biggest flaws is it wastes. So, I, you are one of three Marines I know that wanted it just sucks my i know two other people that signed up as grunts too and they got they had to do like security forces and shit first and then they just missed the window and then once you miss the window you know you go to fleet or you go wherever the line or wherever you could have gone but then you got to like re-enlist and then the war's over and it's like that that was the other thing too man coming up on like the end of my enlistment um i was shooting in like uh marksmanship competitions for, Mm -hmm. for we had like a battalion team and we'd take on, like, the Marine Corps shooting team. Royal Marines would come over. Um, we had, like, the Paris Island guys coming up and yeah. shooting and stuff. Yeah, so it was, like, a cool cool uh, kind of competition. And during, like, it's a two-day-long one, like, when you actually do the solo individual rifle one. And after, like, the first day, I was, like, number three. And uh, I was just, like, a Lance Corporal all the time. And everybody, like, next to me is, like, a gunnery sergeant, like, a staff sergeant, yeah. like, all these higher-ups. And then it was just, like, me. And then... Uh, then like the second day, I you know I fucked up a little bit and I ended up being like number twenty overall, which was still like top ten percent of the shooters there. Yeah. So like still still awesome. And uh, I was talking to like a couple of the Marsat guys and I was like, hey man, like that's something I'd be interested in. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then by the time I actually got the opportunity to talk to like a Marsat recruiter, which was right across from where we worked. Yeah. So uh, by the time I actually got the opportunity to talk to him, um, I only had like a few months left, and they're like, hey, you know, you'd have to reenlist. You have to go through the selection process. I mean, even if you make it through selection, you can still not be picked. Yeah. You know, there's like a lot of what ifs. And at the time, they're often like an early out too, so you can go to college. And I was like, man, there's a lot of what ifs on this. And, yeah. you know, after like four years in the military, you know that like unless something is like in writing guaranteed. Yeah, well, I did the same yeah, thing. That's, that's why, why I was I like, no, 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 I'm going to get out. And it's still like one of the biggest things I regret. Like, I at least wish I, I went and tried it. But when I was getting out of the 82nd, uh, we were on like GRF or some shit where we had to stand ready to deploy yeah. for our second year in a row, which means you're sitting at Garrison. It sucked. I hated it. And so I was like, listen, I want to go to the other brigade across the street that's deploying to Afghanistan in a couple months. That's where I want to go. Yeah. I will re-enlist if I could go across the street to another brigade, stay in the division. They couldn't put it on paper. So they were like, we can put another division. You can leave and go to another fort, you know. And yeah, I was like, I don't want to no. do that. I just want. And they were like, what we can do is we can have the sergeant majors talk. And if they just agree to swap you one for one. And I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, so unless it's written out. down on paper and, you know, no. And then the, the, the battalion that I left when I got out <laughs> deployed to Afghanistan six months later. No shit. Yeah. So that's what I, uh, for anybody that has never <coughs> done that, that enlist and then do your four years about to get out it is the most mind fuck thing in the world because like your whole life is like ready to split and you got to pick like which side you know am i getting out or am i staying in and yeah. if you stay in another enlistment you might as well stay in the next 
Because you already have eight eight yeah. out of your twenty years, you're already almost halfway done. Like so uh yeah. But yeah, before I forget, dude, I got you a gift for coming on. Awesome. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. That's surprise. This was the new one. The yeah, new one that just dropped. One. So this is it, I'm wearing it now. Um I was gonna say I'll hold it up so they can get a look, man. So refracted wolf apparel. It's uh promo code anti hero, save yourself fifteen percent. Oh, that's in there, man. There you go. Yeah, anti-hero, fifteen percent off refractive wolf apparel. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. You know, it's uh, I don't know if you've done a lot of podcasts before or not. No, no. This was uh, <laughs> not really a huge celebrity, so you know. I, I did one phone, one phone podcast before I started this, and it gets it gets easier. But all right, so you're getting out of the Marine Corps, right? Yep. So, so I get out, um, 2012, you know, 22 years old. And, uh, it was weird, man. Cause I don't know how I found out about it. So this is when the hockey kind of came into play. Um, so I get out, you know, I started looking for like jobs and, uh, conveniently, like my mom knew a bartender at like one of the uh, bars down the street. Like he did uh charity work at like where she worked. So she was like, Oh man, he can get you in. And like, you can do security work there. So I started doing like security work at a bar during that time. And uh, just like a bouncer and stuff, which will come into play later on. But um, during that time, too, I, I don't know how I found it, but I ended up finding like this free agent camp for uh, a team that was in Danbury. And it's like a minor league. And Danbury's in Connecticut. It's like maybe 40 minutes from where I was living at the time. Okay. So I was like, oh, man, that's super easy. I can just go try out. Now, mind you, like the last time I played competitive was like high school. So it's been like four years. Yeah. That's so, scary, too, because yeah, you don't know. And, like, and, and did you play hockey when you were in the Marines or did you? Nope. Yeah. You didn't, there's no ice rings. Yeah. There. So four years yeah. without like touching an ice and like for whatever reason, I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm going to go try out on a professional league. Like what, what position did you play in high school? Goalie. Yeah. I've been a goalie been since a goalie? I was like five years old, okay. man. Like, um, I started skating when I was like two, like I was learning to walk and skate around the same time. Um, so that was kind of cool to say that, but yeah, I've been a goalie since I was like five. So I played goalie, you know, in high school and, and all the leagues leading up to that. So when I went out, I was like, you know, I'm going to try out and be a goalie. Uh, showed up to this, like, free agent camp. It's like a two-, three-day-long camp. And uh, at the end of it, they're like, I don't know if, like, the stars just aligned or what, but I didn't I didn't get, like, a starting position. I didn't get, like, a backup position. But I got, like, a reserve position with the team. And I think it was just because I lived close in the area. So, they're like, you know, God forbid some shit happens where, like, our starter goes down or backup goes down. Like or, the, the, you the, know, goal, people, the goalies are partying together and then crash their car. Yeah, man. And then, and then no, you get your phone call. Yeah. Oh, you get your starting position. Of that. Yeah, that's it. Here's your contract. Um, no, and then, like, people get called up through leagues, too. So, uh, so you were telling me, like, break down the league. So, like, you have NHL, which yeah. is, like, your top tier, you know, North American league. Um, you have AHL, which is, like, the farm team for that. Yeah. And you have ECHL. And that's like... Uh, they start branching out like that. Yeah, reasons. so that, that would be like the Solar Bears like here, yeah. here in Orlando. Um, and then underneath that, you have like SPHL, which is a Southern Professional. And you have like teams in um, Huntsville, Alabama, and stuff like that. And then you have the FHL, which I, I would kind of put around the same spectrum. Yeah. Um, and the FHL is like more Northern teams. And that one's like Danbury at the time. They were the Whalers. Um, you have Watertown. You know, you have... Uh, damn, at the time, you had Cape Cod. So I was playing in like that league, which is like bottom of the barrel in North American type, you know. Yeah. Um, guys aren't getting paid much. Like I think now I saw something where like a dude that's like actually signed and like a backup on that team is making like 125 a week. Like 
Yeah, but, but there. What we talked before, you you're pretty sure their room and board's paid for. Yeah, so room and board is usually paid for like by the rent. team. Because um, I remember growing up, there was an apartment complex. I hate that I just do it. <laughs> There's an apartment complex where nice I live. Audio sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where we used to live, and it was known that the uh, the regional hockey team, what th- that league, it was. Um, they used they all lived in that apartment together, yeah. like yeah. not not one apartment, but the building. Yeah, and they were two to a, an apartment because the league leased out. Well, even even over in uh, Pensacola, they have like uh, like an apartment building, and they just have you know apartments within that one building, and that's all like the team right there. Yeah. They're on, they're on the beach. I mean, they got a good over there, but um, yeah, up in Danbury, same thing. It was like, you know, three, four guys living in an apartment. You know, maybe one of them had a car, so you just carpooled everywhere together. Yeah. But everything, again, was paid for, you know, food-wise, after practices. And and everybody's working up that pipeline, right? Yeah. yeah, Everybody's goal is to just keep going up. Yeah, everybody wants to move up. Mm -hmm. Um, But for a lot of them, too, it's just just about playing, you know. So a lot of the guys know, you know, I'm not getting an NHL contract. But Mm -hmm. they just want to play as long as they can. Yeah, this is the highest level that we could play, man. Like, you can still say you played pro, you know. Yeah. Um. So I end, I end up trying out for, like, this team, and, and, you know, I get, like, a reserve spot with them, kind of, you know. So, like, two months go by. Season starts in October. Like, two months go by around December. Uh, I think it was at, like, one of the fairs in Connecticut with, like, this girl or whatever, and I get this phone call. And it's uh, this guy, Chris, that's, like, one of the administrative guys on, on you know, the team over there. He's like, hey, man, do you want to play? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to play. Like, why wouldn't I want to play, you know? Like, I've been dreaming about that. And he was like, all right, man, well, you're going to be playing for Cape Cod now. Which at the time, you know, was, you know, Cape Cod Bluefins up in Massachusetts. So I was like, all right, that works for me. You know, like, I mean, it sucks that I'm not going to be playing for Danbury, but. Are you, is now, is this in the same league? Yeah, still the same league, yeah. Okay. Um, so, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, it kind of sucks I won't be playing for, like, the Connecticut team, but I, I get the opportunity to play. So that's all I care about, right? Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, man, you don't even got to worry about traveling up there. The first game is actually against Danbury. <laughs> so I was like, all right. And uh, Danbury's, like, rink. Super sick, man. Like, Wait, so you left Danbury yeah. to play for – did they know that you were leaving? Or you well, just had the reserve spot? I just had, like, a reserve spot okay. with them. Yeah, man. So they were – they, and it was one of the guys on there that – I think they just needed somebody in Cape Cod. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I got somebody. And, like, just sent me over, you know, just sent yeah. my name over. And, and they pulled my name from, like, a hat maybe. I don't know. Do you think you so, being a goalie help or help – I know it hurts and helps at the same time. It, so it's slim because – uh like you look at like the forward position, and there's like three, four lines on a team. So you have like nine to twelve guys that can fill that spot, yeah. you know. But then you look at a goalie spot, and there's only two, yeah, on a team. So like it's it's slim pickings. Um, sometimes you'll have like three on a team, you know, on the roster. But um, for the most part, you know, like two guys are, are your primary guys. Um, but I think what helped out was that I lived in Connecticut, and the first game was going to be against Danbury, who's in Connecticut. Yeah. So it, I think it just kind of aligned that way. So I get that phone call, and, and I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, you know, uh, at the time, Dave Montero was, like, the coach there. He's like, Monty will be hitting you up, and, uh, you know, you'll be playing for him. So Monty hits me up. He's like, hey, be at the rink at this time, you know, all that. So I show up, and uh, I didn't start that game. I was the backup for that game. And mind you, it's, like, my first pro game. So, like, I'm amped up, you know, like, the adrenaline's pumping, but I'm also, like, super fucking nervous man mm-hmm. and at Danbury there's one section uh directly behind the visitors bench and they're just like the rowdiest crowd ever man your first so, like, game yeah so, so I'm, <laughs> here I am like the backup goalie just sitting on the bench like you know I had my fun during warm-ups you know I got my <laughs> I got my time in but now I'm like on the bench watching the game play out just kind of enjoying it like oh man like my first pro game you know 
and there's like guys banging on the glass like yelling at me which i i love that like don't get me wrong i love when like the crowd interacts with you yeah. um but like they're banging on the glass and like the starting goal ends up giving up like four i think five goals in like the first period and like when that's happening like you see it unraveling and like as a backup goal you're like fuck i'm going in man like you know like yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna get the call so i'm waiting and like now nerves are kicking in and Guys are banging on the glass. They're like, put him in. Your other goalie sucks. And I'm like, no, no. Like, no, don't put me in. And uh, Monty comes over and he gives me a tap and tells me to go in. And, and we end up getting blown out that game, like yeah. 8-1 to one or whatever the score may have been. But um, <coughs> I think the coolest part about it was just, like, the crowd interaction, man. Like, I had people yelling from, like, a little balcony area above, like, the rink. It kind of, like, overlaps in, like, where the suites are. And people were yelling down at me from that, like, whenever I would give up a goal and, like, uh, you know, I had people behind the glass, like, taking pictures. And, like, I have to find the pictures from, from then, man. But uh, I was, like, young, like, super young looking. Yeah. Like, should not have been out there with these guys. And, uh, like, I, I have all those memories from that. But I think the coolest thing about it, man, was coming off the ice, I had, uh, like, some little kid come up to me. And he's like, oh, you, you played good. And I was like, no, nah, man, like, we got blown out today. I don't know what game you were watching. Yeah, but to rub it in, you little shit. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Like, <laughs> but, uh, no, he was like, oh, man, you play good. And, like, I think that's what meant the most, man. Like, I had this, like, because I was that little kid growing up, you know. Yeah. I was, I was like, the kid that wanted to talk to, like, all the pro players or, like, get an autograph, you know. And, like, I was like, damn. Like, I saw myself in, like, that kid. And, like, even though I feel like I sucked that game. Um, you know, I went and I, I had broken like a stick during warmups or whatever. So I went and I like signed that and gave it to him. And like that, I think that was like the highlight of like the whole career, man. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. And is that, is that where your career is that is about as high as you went? Or? So kind of, so then, uh, we ended up getting, we had a game like two days later in Watertown, New York. And, uh, they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to have a bus or I guess a van. We'll have a van. Um, it's going to leave tomorrow. Meet at this hotel. You're going to come with us. So I was like, all right. And, uh, like our first game, we got paid like a hundred bucks for the game. Which now looking at it, like seeing like guys that pay like a hundred and twenty for the week, yeah, you know, hundred bucks for a game. I'm like, oh man, I'm making it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I can afford we, a potato. Yeah, man. Like, oh man, I don't have to, you know, I'm not living off of McDonald's tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the next day, I end up going. I meet up with the team at the hotel, and we're trying to get a van. And uh, as I'm driving up there again, it's like a forty minute drive. As I'm driving up there, there's, like, cops flying, man, everywhere. And, like, that that was, like, one of the moments, too, where I saw, like, all these cops everywhere. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? Like, that seems cool. There's, like, obviously something big going on, you know. Um, I get to the hotel, and they're like, hey, we can't leave. And I was like, well, what's going on? And that day ended up being the uh, Sandy Hook shooting. So, yeah, and, and Sandy Hook was, like, maybe five, ten minutes from where we were. So we couldn't leave. Like, everything was on lockdown, man. So, oh, yeah. So I ended up having to sleep on, like, the floor of this, like, hotel that night because we couldn't go anywhere. Wait. Couldn't even go back home. Like You didn't have a bed? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, because uh, I was only supposed to meet up with the team and leave that day. Oh, so, so, but because okay. we were, we ended up being on lockdown. They locked the whole city down for that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they I locked down. They locked down everything, man. Like, I don't know. They, they couldn't let us leave, I guess. So uh, I ended up sleeping on, like, the floor of, like, one of the hotel rooms. And uh, yeah, the next day we ended up leaving, but that's when I got my first start. Was was the following day I got my first start, and I played that game, and we lost that game too. But mm. um, yeah, that was so I can at least say I started a game too now. So that was cool. Um, and then after that, everything kind of fizzled out. The team folded. They didn't have enough funds to support them, so the team folded. The commissioner of the league tried to take over uh, to help, like at least finish the season out with the team. It didn't really go anywhere, and 
and that was it, man. After that, they were like, oh, well, team's done. Like, bye. So I just go back home. Wow. Yeah, so you go back home, and uh, Monty actually ended up becoming a scout for, like, higher leagues in the ECHL, which is, um, you know, where the Solar Bears are and, yeah. and the Everblades and stuff like that. Um, so Monty ended up becoming a scout for, like, some teams in there, and he tried pulling me into those teams, but nothing ever ended up panning out from that. And that was pretty much it, man. After that, I was like, all right, I'll go to college. Yeah, you hit you hit the top of the pipeline. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> that was still better than what most, you know. I think uh, – actually, so I still get phone calls here and there. <clears throat> Being here in uh, Orlando, you know, with the Solar Bears here, um, I'm kind of on, like, their list for, like, an emergency backup. So if their no starter – Yeah, so if their starter goes down or if their backup goes down and they need somebody last minute or if a team coming in has a goalie that's injured or gets uh, called up last minute and they need a quick fill-in, I'll get a phone call for that. Um, I think like 2020, I got a phone call for a team in, in South Carolina when they were coming to play. They needed uh, a goalie. Orlando. Yeah, they needed a goalie because their starting goalie got COVID. Oh. And then their backup goalie was going to start, and then they needed a backup for would that backup you, How much would it cost for you to throw the game for the Solar Bears? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I was – Is I that a crime? I don't think that's a crime. To rig it, to, to – I don't know. Jamie, can you look that up for me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it might be a crime, but I mean, well, I would have been backing up, so I would have been, I would have been on the bench just chilling, just throwing <laughs> the game, maybe, <laughs> like mess with the, like the starting goalie skates, like before he goes out. Put like well, some, that if they got you, if they got you going for the team out of South Carolina, yeah, I know. would only be back up though. I'd be on the bench. Ah, okay. so, but if he were to get hurt during the game, then you know they would have to put me in. So I'll put like I'll put like some clear tape on a skate blade so he like bust it. <laughs> so. What's I know you're big in, and I know every region has uh, the big guns and hoses. Some yeah. call it different things, call, yeah, but it's yeah. essentially, um, you know, it's a it's a time one time of the year where firefighters play law enforcement. Yep, and I guess ours in our area is a a conglomerate of different people from all the region that are law enforcement. Yeah, right? yeah. So ours, it's a. Uh... You know, you have a couple different counties just because I, I don't think there's enough players in one county mm-hmm. to fill a whole team. So we have guys from, uh, you know, for, I'll, I'll name some. Like we have Orange County, we have Seminole County, we have Osceola. Um, and then you have like the little municipalities too. Like, oh, well, Orlando PD is not a little one, but you have yeah. guys from like Orlando PD. You have guys from like, you know, Apopka or something, you know, like ones like that. So the, the, the surrounding areas of Central Florida. And we'll all make like one one team for law enforcement. That's cool. So yeah, so it's super. I cool remember seeing your videos, and I, I remember <laughs> I couldn't go. I don't know why. I don't. I think it was a work night for A side. It was. Our, it was. I had, I had to take off. For and I, de- I remember. I I just didn't think to go. And I remember all of our buddies took off, and they yeah. were all there. And I was like, man, that looks like a good time. And you know, I had I had some of the guys there that were wearing my jersey in the crowd. Dude, <laughs> yeah. what? Is it just an unspoken rule that you got to feel the refs out on whether you're going to fight or not? Like, um, every game you – because growing up, <coughs> going to Guns and Hoses, sometimes yeah. you'd go as a kid and you'd watch and there'd be no fights because it was a crackdown and they're like, dude, seriously, we're not fighting. This is yeah. this is a game for charity. Yeah. And then you'd go some other times and they're brawling all the time. And it's, you know, because it's like – it's hockey. It's, it's hockey, man. It's like NASCAR without crashing and no one wants to – like No happening. one wants to go and see, just, see just a race, man. No one wants to see you turn left. They want to see your that, car flip. What What's that like as a, at a Guns and Hoses uh, So, well – uh, and let me backtrack a little bit too, because we were just talking about fighting. Did uh, you find that answer? Mm-hmm. What is it? Is it is it legal? It's a third degree felony. Oh, say so. Yeah. So you wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Absolutely Excellent. not, bro. Third degree felony, 
Statute 831.12. Yeah, now that, you know, being in law enforcement, you should know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that I know that, no, absolutely not. I would, I would definitely have not thrown that game. Um, no, so actually, um, so our first first day of training camp when I was uh, playing in, like, the Federal League, um, first day of training camp, <laughs> Phil Esposito was the was the head coach there. Awesome dude. I, I actually grew up playing youth hockey for him. Um, so playing pro hockey for him was kind of cool, or at least having the opportunity to play pro hockey yeah. for him. Was super cool because I knew him from when I was like a little kid. Um, the very first thing he had us do when we got on the ice, he was like, "All right, everybody, pair up." He's like, "We're gonna go over like a fifteen minute fighting drill." Yeah, we're not gonna be the bitches that yeah. fucking get. So it was, it was like just square up, and this is like the basics on how to fight on the ice. So like we have guys that they bring in that are enforcers. Like that's their job is to go out lay yeah. big hits, like a designated hitter in baseball. Yeah, yeah. It. You go out there, you get the big hits, and you fight. Those that's your job. But it's like, <laughs> like say say that guy's not on the. That's ice. a real thing. Yeah. Okay, because yeah. it's all goon. Yeah. No, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. People will do that. And like you say, you're on. Say you're their goon, and I'm. I'm. You know, my team's goon. And we'll we'll like, square up, and yeah. I'll be like, hey man, it's you want business? Go? You want to go? And like they're like, yeah, let's go. I'm like all right, cool. And you drop them. Um, and, you, and you just try to build momentum off of that, man. Um, but yeah, that was like Phil's thing. Was like. The very first day we we went and I remember watching these guys just square up and it was like a very tutorial based like yeah. this is where you grab them this is what you do and you have the fight straps on your jersey so you can't pull the jersey over the head you know uh, okay um but like this is how you're gonna fight so going to guns and hoses here's the dog fucking dog can you go put her upstairs where <laughs> uh, your dog sneaky man. No, she's just a pain in the dick. This is this is the fourth episode she's interrupted. She's just an app. She might as well put her on that one right there. <laughs> Give her her own mic at this point. Maybe she'll run away. No, so um, Guns and Hoses game, like they they mentioned beforehand, they're like, hey, it's gonna be full contact, and like when you hear full contact, like you have guys in there that are like, I'm gonna fight, like you know, and we did. We had a bunch of fights during our game. Are they are they are they fights that are just in the spirit of hockey to get the crowd going? Or are they actually like grudges, like emotional based? Uh, you have like you have both, man. Like you had some guys that you know. Like I saw your video, and yours looked like you were just having a good time. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah, I'll get into that too. Yeah, it was a blast. I have the video. I'll I'll, I'll pull it up or I'll send it to you so you can put it in here if you can edit it in. But um, now you have some guys that like you know, there, there will be a big hit on like one of your star players, you know, mm-hmm. and like those guys will go after the guy that hit them. Yeah. Try to build momentum back, you know? Um, but then you have guys that, like I said, they'll just square up and be like, Hey, you want to go? And the other guy's like, all right, fuck it, whatever, let's go. And they just drop them and go. And, uh, during the guns and hoses game, like after the second period, we were like coming off the ice cause they were going to clean the ice. Right. So Zamboni's coming out and as I'm passing like the other goalie, like FD's goalie, I mentioned to him, I'm like, yo bro, like, you want to go in the third? Like, let's have a goalie fight. Like, you rarely see goalie fights. Let's have a yeah. goalie fight. Let's give the crowd something cool. And he's like, yeah, I'm about it. Let's go. And it was, like, kind of a close game at the time. And uh, I was like, hey, man, like, if it's a close game, like, we can't go because we're both, you know, the starting goalies over here. Yeah. Like, you know, if it's a close game, we can't go. But if it's, like, a blowout on one side, fuck it. Why not yeah. have some fun, right? So I think, like, two minutes left in the game, we end up tying it. It's, like, a 7-7 game, man. And – uh like two seconds or what was it? Eight, eight seconds. Sorry. Eight seconds left in the game. They end up scoring. So like now I'm tight. I'm like, well, this sucks. Like we're going to fucking lose eight seconds. Like it's damn near impossible to get a goal and tie, you know, like it's, it is possible, but it's yeah. fucking slim. They, you know? They'd have to pull you. Yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. I'd have to run, you know, so 
you know, eight seconds they end up scoring, and that gets emotions going. So we have one guy on our eight team. Eight seconds left in the game, and they eight score. seconds left in the game, they score. Oh my god! Bar down, bar down on me, bro. Like, I, 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 I have to give him credit because it was like it was a beautiful shot, man. I couldn't see. They had a good screen in front, you know. So like they had a guy in front of me, I couldn't see the puck. They took a shot, comes in, bar down on me. I'm like, damn, that was. Yeah, I you know he got the best of me. It At least it wasn't like, like a fucking something that yeah, like a soft ass yeah. shot, like a muffin little <laughs> shot that like flutters <laughs> over. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they end up scoring or whatever, and uh, one of our guys and one of their guys start going at it. They start fighting. That fight ends. Uh, another guy on their team, another guy on our team, start going at it. So, a second fight breaks out. They're going at it. Crowds all fucking loving it, you know. And uh, I look down the ice and I see their goalie just do the kind of. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like sure, like hey, you want to go? And and I I looked down and I was like looking, and I was like, you know what? If we're gonna do it, now's the best time yeah. because this this shit's over, you know. And and two fights already broke out. Game's game's done. So I was like, fuck it, man, let's go. And uh, I see him come to center ice, drop his shit. So I skate over, take my helmet off, drop gloves, and we just square up on I center ice. And I saw it from the point of view of our buddies, like filming. I yeah. think I saw, I think it was it was a cell phone video. And it was just, man, it was fucking, I'm definitely going this year. When is it? Uh, April 1st. April 1st? Yeah, funny enough, because now I'm going to try to sell tickets for it, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, April Fool's, I get it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're just trying to take my money. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> fucking April 1st, yeah, we got uh, we got it this year over at Amway. Um, um, yeah, so another thing about you is that, I don't know, if, you, if you're listening, you can't see it, but if you're watching, you are inked the fuck up. Bro. <laughs> like, you are literally just waiting to ink your neck and hands. Yeah, right. that I'm. I, I have my back that I'm uh, doing soon. I just got with my artist, and we're like coming up with some ideas for that. And I, I have like a little bit of my left leg that I gotta do. Um, but then other than that, man, yeah, hands and neck are would you, be like my thing. Are you still considering what? Were you gonna white out your arm? I want. Uh, so I thought about doing blackouts on my arms because I, I have both sleeves done. So yeah. I thought about doing blackouts and then going over them with like another sleeve idea of waking white ink i thought about it i don't know I it's like one that i debate about here and there because i love what i got but at the same time like, i want to add more and i don't have room for more they're so. literally gonna look when i put our ig handles up here and they're gonna be like why is this guy tatted cop <laughs> <laughs> you ever and this guy's just next <laughs> <laughs> you ever like think like <clears throat> you wish that you wouldn't have rushed the tattoo process because uh, i know yeah. getting getting so getting the Full ink is a goal, and so I think like it, it's hard for people to like wait because you know it's you want to get that that look. That's the whole yeah, point of yeah. tattoo to get the look. It's like buying like a cool set of clothes. You're not just gonna buy the <laughs> shirt and then buy the shorts ten years later. Yeah, like, you're just not wear it. Yeah. So uh, so that's the, that's the other thing, man. Like I did everything within like, or I did a lot of it. I guess I should say within like a year period. Like I was in the tattoo shop maybe once to twice a month for for a year and. A couple months probably like a year and three months straight just sometimes twice a month just sitting there getting inked like five to six hours damn yeah yeah he's he's super like quick about it man like he's good about uh you know his work and then he'll knock out huge pieces in like five hours for me damn so you go to the same guy yeah yeah we'll plug him johnny copper snake we'll plug him in there was it johnny copper snake yeah i'll get the is he got ig yeah, that, that's his IG right there. So. And does he work at a shop or is he? Yeah, so he used to work over at uh, Orlando Tattoo Company, but I forget the name of the shop now. It's off of like Virginia. Okay. Um, it's near like Mills and Fifty area. But <sighs> yeah, I mean everybody's been going. I, I got recommended to him from a guy you know that I work with, um, and then 
you know, people started, I started going through quick and everybody's like, oh man, who's your guy? And like, granted, it's this other guy that put me onto him. So he gets a little mad when I'm, when everybody's like, who's your guy? And I'm like, <laughs> it, I got it from another guy. Yeah. You know? But, um, well, yeah, everybody started going to him now and, and good. Everybody's blasting it's out. Kind of like how it yeah, should be. Huge word you, of mouth. You literally get to see the quality. Like, yeah. I get to see that that guy's quality versus that guy's shit. If you have a shit tattoo, I'm not going to go to that yeah. guy. So. No, man, he's he's not afraid to like do anything either. Like, um, Well, one thing that he won't do, he won't tattoo my dick. I'll say that. Tattoo on your dick? Yeah, so I thought about doing that because I'm running out of room, man. So like, I had to, I have to get so – I can't do my hands and I can't do my neck yet. So I got to do one. And, uh, and he, I, I, mentioned, I, I mentioned it to him, man. I mentioned it to him. And I was like, hey, man, I want to get this done. And uh, nothing like crazy. I don't want. Is like, that a thing? People tattoo their dick. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to do like something stupid, like an elephant, where it's like the trunk, so I can spin yeah. it or anything. You know, like. <laughs> would you tattoo your dick to your leg as a design, or would it just be a tattoo on your? dick? No, it'd just be a tattoo on one. Yeah, I, 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 I ran. <laughs> yeah, it's just on. It's just right there on the shaft, bro. Um, so I mentioned it to him, and he's like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. He's like, "You can use the machine and do it yourself." <laughs> And I was like, now that's in the back of my mind I too. Like, you were gonna say, there's one thing he won't do. He won't do swastikas. But you're like, he won't tattoo my dick. He won't tattoo my dick. <laughs> um, all right. So one thing I was gonna talk to you about is, um, you are naturally. I don't want to. You're a very social person. Yeah. You're kind of like my, my brother's that same way. Like, just a friendly dude. You end up with a lot of friends and like connections and. Yeah, I'm a little mildly jelly when I see you partying with bands that you just like met <laughs> and like, because hey, yeah. I remember that night you were like, I, I'm gonna meet this band, but it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a weird like, I want you were like, dude, I just, I just want to meet them, yeah. and then you through weird ways because if you remember the circumstances, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, for to get the background of it, um, you know, I was I was working, you know, this this one I guess uh, venue. Or I was working the area that the venue's in. Yeah. And I think you were working the actual venue, yeah. right? Yeah, that night. So uh, I just wanted to hear the music. It's like bands that I grew up with. Like uh, We Came As Romans was performing that night. I think they were headlining that night. Like The Devil yeah. Wears Prada was there. Uh, Hollow Front was there. Like all good metal bands. And uh, I just wanted to fucking hear the songs. So I was like, well, how do I hear the songs? Because I can't go in the venue because I'm not working the venue. Yeah, it's so dumb. So I was like... What can I do? So but that's I, what, that's what, but stop you right there. Yeah. That's one of my biggest things is that I, as a cop, <laughs> I don't like to be told, oh, you don't have access in here yeah. when I'm working to do it because I, I know how you're going to allow me access in there is when you need me in there. Yeah. So when there's a guy sh shooting off a gun and possibly killing people, <laughs> you're going to want my ass in there. But or when that's not happening, they'll be like, where were you? Yeah. Why weren't when you that's not happening, you can tell me. It's not like I'm going to yeah. abuse it. And I get it. Maybe some cops abuse it. And I know that bands smoke weed. And you yeah. know, we talked and like, I was talking to the promoter and the guy was like, dude, yeah, the bands, they love cops. They're just, they get nervous when they're smoking weed. They don't know how it works. Yeah, and yeah. States are all different. And yeah. so I totally get it. But when the club tells police, you guys can't come inside, like, okay, are you going to be you're going to be singing that tune if something happens, if something goes yeah. down. Oh, so. and that that's like, there's there's times that we're at uh, other places that I pick up shifts at, and they don't want people in there too. Yeah. They're the same thing. And then like something happens, like a fight breaks out, and then they're like, well, where were you guys? Yeah. Like, motherfucker, you bitched like two months ago that you don't want, you know, you bitched the management and like higher ups reached out, you know, and they don't want us in there. And then, you know, then some shit happens, and they're like, oh, well, where were you? Yeah. Why weren't you here to help? 
but you didn't want to see her. But yeah, that that night, um, yeah, I, I just hung out in the back and I was like, I'm gonna listen because there's like side doors yeah. in the back. Um, that you know they don't exit from or anything like that. They exit through like the back venue and they have like their buses and stuff posted up back there. So I was at like these side doors and you can hear the music through the side doors. Then so I was just like jamming out, man. I was just listening to music and uh, then like the dudes from Hollowfront, you know, they went on first and when they came out, uh, they were like walking back to their their buses and stuff. I met up with a couple of them, you know, uh, Dakota, Brandon, and stuff, and awesome dudes, like just down to earth, chill dudes. We were just bullshitting and. Just became friends off of did it. Did you know they were in the band at first? Um, or did you did you know that band well enough to know that I didn't, they were I in? didn't know them well enough at the time. So you no. just thought you were talking to random dudes at first? I, I figured that they were in the band. Okay. You know, just because they, they got that look. Yeah, they were coming out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they were coming out from like where, you know, the band is or like where the crew would be, you know. They were coming out of like that area. So I was just like bullshitting with them. And uh, super cool dudes. And they like, they weren't like put off by like us being cops, like hanging out back there. They like afterwards would like, you know, they were still packing up their shit so they can be done. Yeah. But in between, like, them packing up and, like, coming back, they would always stop and, like, talk to us. Like, it wasn't us reaching out. Like, they would actually stop and, like, it was mutual, you know, like, just having conversation. And by the end of the night, like, we were like, yeah, hit us up. Like, when you guys are back, you know, hit me up or whatever. And we did. I mean, I still keep in contact with them now, you know. I bullshit with them now. Like, I'll see something funny. I'll send it to them on Instagram, you know. Yeah. They're um, cool dudes? Yeah, super, super cool dudes. Um, you make sure that... And then, and then uh, you know, the Devil Wears Prada came you want out a next. Dog. Do I want a dog? Yeah. I have a dog that <laughs> my aunt pretty much takes care of more than because I'm not home. Anyways, Devil Wears Prada, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the Devil Wears Prada came on next, and you know, I, I've been listening to them since like I was in the military. You know, I was yeah, in high school. Yeah, yeah, they've been around shit, since man. I was in yeah. high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like huge band that I grew up listening to. So when they came out, same thing. It was just bullshitting with them, and I ended up meeting uh, Giuseppe, their drummer. Probably one of the coolest dudes I've ever met, man. Um, and still talk to him all the time. I was literally just talking to him the other day. We were texting back and forth about uh, some shit because they're going to be playing uh, here in Orlando in February. And I was like, yo, man, like, when Devil you guys Boy come Friday. through, like, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're going to be here with, like, Parkway Drive. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, at, the, at the Heart, heart Support Fest. I tried yeah. vending for there, and I didn't yeah. get anything back. <laughs> yeah bro i i hit him up and he's like yeah i should have like some passes like come through so Yo, yeah up, i'll bro? be i'll be <laughs> <What's> up, <bro? laughs> i've had plenty of people hitting me up and like hey man when they come down like i'm like I, listen man they ain't my passes to give away like you know like um but no and then and then you know i kept in touch with all of them and stuff um and obviously like, we came as romans like i didn't get to meet them as much they're coming um, back uh the weekend of my birthday january yeah they'll be down here too, I think, yeah. so uh you know, I didn't, I didn't get to like really associate with them too much, which sucked because like I liked them growing up too. You know, um, I still listen to them now. And when I was up in Connecticut visiting family um, during that time, Hollowfront was on tour with We Came as Romans, they, and you and, guys were in the same area at the and, same time. Yeah, in August Burns Red, so that we were all out there. And uh, I was like, "Yo, man, I'm gonna be up there too." And they're like, "Oh, slide through." And like, first off, plug here, selfish plug, New Haven best pizza. All right, New Haven pizza capital of the fucking world. New Haven, the city has the yeah, best New, pizza. New Haven, Connecticut. Well, I'm sure there's going to plug be, in the whole city of New Haven. Yeah, it's pizza <laughs> capital, bro. I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be like better pizza places out there in the world. Like, you know, it's the fucking world, man. There's going to be better pizza somewhere. But as overall, like, there's so many good places there that have amazing pizza. Mm. That's just pizza capital, man. You can go there no matter where you go. give a shout out to like a specific yeah. business, but. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll go Sally's. We'll go Pepe's. <laughs> we'll go Modern. You know, 
uh, Colony. You can go bar pizza, whatever you want, man. They got white clam pizza, mashed potato pizza. What brought you to Florida? <laughs> Fucking, I have no idea. Really? <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, I just put I randomly put in for That's an agency. Intuition, bro. That's uh, yeah. like you. Yeah, I, I believe strongly in that shit. There's something that told you to come to Florida. So, yeah, I, dude, I came down and I visited. Uh, my aunt lives down here with her husband now. He works for another agency down here. Um, he did like 25 years up north and then came down here and started working down here too. Um, so he's collecting his pension there and a paycheck here. They're, you know, they're, they're doing pretty good. Yeah. I came down and visited them after like three years of them living down here. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll put in for like one agency down here. And if I get it, I move. And if not, I stay up north, you know? And uh, like three months later, I got hired. And they're like, yeah, you start in like two weeks. I was like, damn, bro. Fuck. So I just threw shit in my car and drove down. Well, I tell everybody, man, Florida. So I have that big ass sign right there, dude. Florida is the shit. It's full of wild people that. Oh, move it's here. fucking wild down here. It's man. like oh, most of the, most of the people I'm friends with here that or I connect with didn't grow up here. Yeah, and um, everybody I meet, they're all like up north guys, or you know, yeah. So we we were up in Connecticut, and like they hit me up, and they're like, yeah, or I hit them up, I guess, and you know they hit me back, and they're like, yeah, come through. So they gave me passes and stuff, and we were like chilling in the green room there. And I was up on stage with them, like in the I saw, corner of the stage. I saw yeah. your video. I looked at him yeah. the other day actually, because <laughs> I was looking at your profile and making sure I didn't. You know, you're kind of an interesting person. You've done a yeah. lot, yeah. So I was trying to make sure I didn't miss a point in your life. Or like, I didn't know I did that. <laughs> and I, I remember I saw the because um, I saw that, and I when it happened, I thought you were just at a local show. Yeah, because the the they weren't glamorous videos and they were from the back, so it was just dudes headbanging. So I was like, oh, he must know the band or something at a local yeah. bar. But no, no those those. Uh, that, one, that one was hollow front and uh like i said awesome dude so like i brought like three pizzas there and we just ate pizza and fucking chilled in the green room and then went on stage and like i wasn't like performing with them i was just chilling in the yeah. back you know but i want to awesome introduce stuff. you to my boy eddie i'm gonna have him on here next month he's at yeah. he sings for a band but uh geez, they're down south so i haven't met him yet we've just only been connecting but they're a band called let me bleed you i'll show you two when we're done bro yeah yeah but uh, anyways, yeah. So, but you also had. We'll end it with the some wild days that you had, where you were explaining it once to me, and it was like you were promoting. Yeah. So it it was uh <laughs> that was the club stuff too, man. Um, up in Connecticut still, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is post hockey pre. This was post hockey pre police. Yeah. So we had like a little crew of like security. Like we all worked together at one bar and went to another bar. Yeah, yeah. Went back to this bar, ended up in another bar in New Haven. So you start off as a bouncer and that's how you got it. Yeah, yeah. So we were doing that and it wasn't so much us promoting. It was um, it was just us doing security. And we did security for like Rick Ross, T-Pain, uh, like Sugar Hill Gang. Like, yeah. You, know, and you can name some people we were there. Like uh, I think like Paul D came out one night and performed. Like, yeah. So like we didn't name like – some bigger names, you know, that people know. <clears throat> and then we actually had this guy, uh, Kirill, come out. You ever heard of Kirill? So he started out as like a photographer for clubs and then ended up becoming, he ended up getting the nickname the Slut Whisperer. The what? Slut Whisperer. Oh, Slut Whisperer. Yeah, man. So he. Is this the guy you're telling me about? Yeah. So he okay. he would go and just like, awesome, like really humble down to earth dude, man. Um, he would go out just fucking pouring champagne on like, you know, girls and shit. And it's like girls going wild in a fucking club. And uh, he came to our club one night and like they, they had hired him out to come do like a promo there. And I was his security guard for the night. So I was following him around. Fucking awesome night, man. We were taking shots together. We were taking shots with like indie car drivers that were there as guests. Like awesome time. And uh, then like as I'm sitting there, I was like, I could do this shit. Like this would be fun. And uh, 
one night I wasn't working, but I was at the club and I just got like super hammered. And we had a, a panda head that we kept behind the DJ booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this and, is what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah, so I put that on and like same it thing. It kind of blew up. Yeah, put that on. Yeah. And, like I was like spraying people with like drinks and shit and like uh, just having like a wild night. And like people were like wanting to take pictures with us, and like, yeah. it, it was like a local celebrity thing. So like people were wanting to take pictures with us, and uh, they're like, "Oh, what's your Instagram? Like, we'll tag you, you know, and all this." And we didn't have one, so we spent like the next week like trying to think of something creative, and uh, we ended up coming with up one called like Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Yeah, because we had the panda heads. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a perfect play on words, man. And uh, we ended up doing that, and then we would just like show up to like all of the bars that we used to work at, and just do the same thing. And now he's, up there. he's pretty. You told me he's pretty successful in that yeah he's got his own clothing line now he's got uh he's, he's out there doing his photography still he's doing the club stuff still like he's he's killing it man he's got i think a place up in like new york and i think a place out in somewhere out west you know maybe vegas or cali or something yeah but on um, the dream yeah he's living it up man so still, we, were, we were doing is he, that is for he him, locked man. down or is he still pouring champagne on sluts and that's pretty much that <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like but but it was cool because like uh during that time too like we started getting up with like some models and stuff and we were taking pictures with models like we would we would set up shoots where we were just like in a panda head that's literally all i did was just set yeah. up in a panda head and like just surrounded by girls like i've used you before in shoots man you got you, you got the aesthetic i always say that word right aesthetic aesthetic you're aesthetically pleasing as far as like the tattoos and stuff so and you're a bigger dude but all right well End it with your wildest police story. No names, no agencies. Oh, God. Uh, nothing open. But I should have given you a heads up, and that's my bad to have it in the <laughs> chamber. But wildest one. Like the one that you always think about at work. It can be funny. It can be disgusting. It can be like, holy shit. It can Bro, be- I've had so many. Like, I've had I've had I- ones where like, guys are just like melting into mattresses. Like, yeah, we you know, you walk into those. Like, we've had ones where like, uh, like just funny stories where like I remember like one time this girl called in someone was breaking into her house and they were like trying to get like clarifying questions like hey you know do you have eyes on this person like did you see them or you just hear noises type thing you know and uh she's like no 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 I saw him he fell through my roof and landed in my kitchen in front of me like I remember that one. Did it really happen? <laughs> yeah. Because I would yeah, be I driving so. to that thinking she's mentally ill. Yes. Yeah. None of this. And I'd be like, oh, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. But it, no, I, I guess like this dude was like in her attic, yeah. fell through like the ceiling and just like landed in her wow. kitchen. And yeah. I give, I, I state that I have to, I should have given you some time like a day prior to come up with a story because I truly believe that first responders have <laughs> severe PTSD and that's the way that you kind of live your life is that like tell me a funny story right now yeah. and you're like you literally can't think of it no because you compartmentalize like and, and it, it's not just the shitty things it's probably the <coughs> whole thing like what'd you do on shift last shift yeah i don't remember yeah and it's and oh, it's no, not I, like we I, were, I do remember i found a bunch of dope yeah, yeah. it was like a dui and dope uh, okay well it's not like we do where we were we don't do mundane things like we have every shift is very yeah like it, it is very what's the word i'm looking for um unique yeah like every shift is a very you'll do a unique thing every time but you still can't like you know it's so i think that like the shitty some of the shitty things that happen your brain just gets used to taking it all and dumping it so another one too man like we've we've had somewhere you know we've been we've been shot at too like those ones always stick with you you know the shooting ones 
Um, we were there for like a, a domestic incident one time. And it was like she was living with like her new boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, somehow found out where she lives now, even though she this is where it got weird because like the the new boyfriend was like, Well, how does he know where you live now? Unless you're still talking to him, and they got into an argument, and then like the ex-boyfriend valid point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, to me, I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, I kind of feel you on that, man. Like, how how's this guy just randomly know what not only what apartment building you live yeah. at or apartment complex, he knows the apartment building and then knows the apartment number to that building. Like, yeah. that's a little off, you know? So, uh, and like that dude showed up like high as fuck and like had a bunch of dope. And but we ended up like taking that guy away, you know, so he's away from the situation. And then we separate like all the parties, you know. So we're trying to get like statements from everybody and make sure like nothing physical happened. That was just like a big verbal he didn't, you know, going yeah. on. And uh, during that time, like just randomly, we started getting shot at from like the apartment next door. Like, just rounds just started cranking off at us. And uh, I remember we go and we bring these people back to their apartment and we're like, get the fuck inside. And then like, we're looking around. There's like three of us, like me and two other guys. Oh, I think I remember when this. Yeah, yeah. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell you exactly where it was at. Actually, 